From Moses, the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service, this is the In Her Boots podcast, a show about women cultivating the sustainable and organic agriculture movement and how she does it. My name is Lisa Kiverest, and I founded and lead the award-winning Moses In Her Boots project, providing training, resources, and support for women farmers. I'm a farmer myself, running in serendipity with my family in Wisconsin, and am the author of Soil Sisters, a toolkit for women farmers. The In Her Boots podcast celebrates the collaborative spirit of us women farmers and all women working to transform our food system and steward our land, sharing ideas and inspiration with each other. Whether you're a woman with a dream of starting your own farm or already have your hands deep in the soil, there's something for you here. Be sure to subscribe so you won't miss anything. We're continuing with Lauren Langworthy of Blue Ox Organics and Moses and dialing into a topic near and dear to her heart, lambs. Hear how you can read the books and be prepared, but eventually you just need to jump in. She shares how she grew her flock over the last couple of years by starting small, really getting to know her flirt, and finding a mentor, maybe through Moses, to help you along the way. Lauren and her husband own 153 acres in Wheeler, Wisconsin. Their grass-based farm includes a rotationally grazed 200U flock of sheep, small beef herd, hay, cover crops, and wooded areas. When she isn't in the Moses office or in the fields, Lauren is a visual and fiber artist, nature enthusiast, and an active member and District 2 director for the Wisconsin Farmers Union. We are talking about, I know, another of your favorite topics, Lauren Langworthy here from Blue Ox Farm and her head at Moses on lambs. And we talked in an earlier episode about how you, with holistic management principles in mind, evolved into the livestock and the pastured raised lambs. But maybe because it's spring when we're recording this, but it just seems like Wisconsin, and I know your farm presently, is abundant with lambs, but it mm-hmm. also too has a real strong interest and drive with women farmers too on multiple levels. But could you maybe start us with connecting some of the dots on on how you learned to be such a caretaker, if you will, of lambs and to have so many of them? Because what? How many were birthed already at your place? Or well, a little year? over a hundred so far this year. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, we have a hundred fifty ewe flock, which has grown from an original fifty animals uh, for our farm. And that's not counting all the boys who've gone off to market. So that's a lot. It's been a lot of animals. Yeah, yeah. Um, Well, I guess how I got into them is, um, you know, I joke that it's not the recommended path, but it was a trial by fire situation. Um, We started on rented land and part of our rental agreement was that we would manage someone else's uh, flurd, as it's called, a flock slash herd of sheep and cattle. I like that. Um, So yeah, we kind of, without a whole lot of experience, found ourselves in charge of uh, a 30, 40 animal flurd. Oh, wow. Well, that'll do it. Yeah, and um, if you're a responsible person and you love animals and you want to care for them, you figure out what needs to be done very, very quickly. And so I'm I'm a nerd. I read all of the books and then quickly realized that the sheep had not read all of the books. <laughs> and they were doing all sorts of things that weren't expected, um, just kind of playing to their own drum and, and realized that it needed to be a lot more intuitive effort than than the books. The wow. books can help, but they can't do all of sure. it. Um, 
so yeah, that was that was kind of the entry point. Weird entry point, but but it worked out. Oh, and but what you're saying is, sure, be prepared, take classes, read things, but eventually you need to jump. There's no. Yeah, I recommend perfect whatever route approach cross every T. No, in fact, I I think that can in some ways make it harder, but definitely start small. I recommend starting small, um, so that you can learn on in a little bit less stressful situation <laughs> and um, let the stress grow over time as your as your flock or so herd small. Grows, like, okay, assuming you know somebody, this isn't part of their integral business plan or whatnot. Mm-hmm. What would you suggest a woman start out with who's interested in sheep? If you're curious about them as an animal and you haven't yeah. had a lot of interaction with them, just start with a handful. Um, sheep don't like being alone, so don't have one sheep. I was going to say handful. Yeah. Not one, but not 20. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Keep, you Couple. know, kind of 10 or under. Uh, all right, just, all right. Just yeah. to try it out and, and yeah. see if you even like them. Um, they're, they're so sweet to look at and they're, they're really fun and we have kind of a, a cultural mythology about what sheep are like. But also they're really fragile animals, a lot more than a cow. You know, a cow can kind of be self-sufficient and mm, that's um, a really good point. take yeah. care of itself. It doesn't need a whole lot of fencing and, you know, they, they, they just kind of manage themselves differently. Um, sheep require a lot of attention and also when they're sick or injured, they're really good at hiding it because they are prey animals. They really don't have a lot of defenses. Mm. So by the time a sheep lets you know it's not feeling well, it's really not feeling well. And so you want to you wanna have a small enough number that you can really pay attention and start to learn what angle of the ears is the I'm doing well angle and what is the I'm under the weather because they, they're not going to make it obvious. Um, so yeah, I guess that would be kind of the first thing is, is just spend a lot of time with them. They take a lot of attention. Um, and if you're trying to raise them organic, it's even trickier because it's really all about the the management up front. You don't have the antibiotics and the dewormer, chemical dewormers and, and all of that. So you need to figure out what herbal remedies do you have in your toolbox and when should they be applied and for what. And that's really best done through mentors. Um, mm. Early early on, shortly after we bought our farm and bought our initial 50 ewe flock um, after the rental experience, we, we had a Moses mentor. Moses mentors who were really fabulous and they gave us a a list of things that we needed to buy herbal supplements that we needed to have available Um, came to visit the farm during lambing and helped teach me how to teach a lamb to latch because they don't all figure it out you know there some lambs are just a little bit dumb some are really smart (laughs) and so so all of those things I, I think it's a really great um, process to have a mentor involved in just the yeah, yeah all of it <laughs> someone to ask questions yeah of. yeah yeah and you were in the formal Moses mentor program yeah but yep. I'm sure you informal mentors absolutely informal way. mentors as well um, so the people that we bought our flock from are kind of our informal mentors but they knew this breed really well they knew the issues that came from from this lineage basically you know what um, what breed do you have we have a breed called coopworth it's a border lester romney cross out of new zealand and um so it's dual purpose meat and wool okay a little bit smaller um really mild lamb uh which is something that we wanted and but because they also have a wool background you know there are certain issues that are specific to wool breeds as opposed to meat breeds and 
And so like there's a thing called entropian, which is where the eyelid um, of a wool breed kind of flips under a little bit and it causes irritation on their eye. Oh. And so it's a unique thing that you, you need to pay attention for in sheep that you wouldn't have to pay attention for in other animals. And having those mentors who would say, this is what you're looking for and this is how you solve it. And some animals will grow out of it and others won't. So thinking about how to manage that is... That's all really stuff. It's kind of oral tradition more. Yeah, wow. Books don't necessarily explain it as well as they need to. No, that's amazing. Do you use the fiber too, or are you growing Yeah, pretty much? Um, they're primarily meat for us and a little bit fiber. Um, so we've, we've had some carted up and spun, and I've done some felted, um, like needle felted toys and stuff that we sold at farmer's market and sculptures. Um, and then our mentors have an actual woolen mill where we can we can sell fiber back to them because they aren't able to produce as much as they need to produce mm. um, at times. So, so yeah, it's important that you think about if you're going to raise a, a fiber animal, what are you going to do with that? Because there really isn't much of an industrial marketplace left. Um, there used to be little mini mills all over the place, and some of those are coming back, but they don't all have the capacity for, you know, 150U flock worth of wool to come at them all at once. And and so they have to charge a little bit more to wash the wool and card the wool and all mm. of that just to cover their own expenses of labor. And um, the economics of it are a little bit weird. And yeah. um, the other option is to sell back to your shear, which makes it carpet wool basically and um, barely covers shearing if it does at all. Huh. So if you're not interested in the wool, just go with a, a hair breed. Just have the meat. Call that good. <laughs> all right. Gotcha. And where you mentioned earlier, you sell your meat direct. So you do go to the markets or you sell direct to customers from the farm or both? Or? Um, we, we have a sign up that's available online and we usually go to a couple of farmers markets just to talk to people, you know, be, be a face of a farmer, explain what we do, answer questions. Um, there are a lot of misconceptions around lamb. Many people think that they're eating a, a little newborn animal, oh. and, and they're not. They're eating a, a one- to two-year-old animal, depending on, you know, kind of the yeah, country you're really, coming yeah. from. And and they become sexually mature at, you know, four or five, six months, depending on your breed. So you're really, it's an adult, but we still call it a lamb, and that's that throws people. Oh. <laughs> and in this country, we're not very used to eating lamb. We usually eat beef, pork you know, poultry a lot more, not a lot of lamb. So it's still kind of specialty. And so there's just a lot of uncertainty with folks. So we try and talk them through a lot. Um, they can sign up online, but we also do a weird thing. We only sell whole animal. So in order to buy a, an animal from us, you have to buy the whole thing. And we work with a butcher to make sure it's cut in the way that you want it cut. And, mm -hmm. uh, we help talk people through cooking styles and all of that stuff. But, um, yeah, you have to be willing to to jump in. It's kind of more of a CSA model with us. And, mm -hmm. and we find that once people are in, once they've had that first year, they come back the next year and buy two and, and are a, a little bit more dyed in the wool. <laughs> it's all but good. Lamb. So why did you choose to do that route of only selling a whole animal for simplicity, obviously, but yeah, um, part of it was the ethic of wanting to make sure that our animals weren't being wasted. Mm. Um, raising it and caring for it. We wanted to make sure that they, you know, they're grass fed, they're, they're happy, they're moving around, they're being raised by their mothers. We want someone who's going to appreciate that. And we want to nourish people. And, 
And also part of it was we didn't want to get stuck with all the undesirable cuts, you know, have lamb chops and rack of lamb go out the door at a crazy rate and have to harvest more animals to get more of those and then have roasts that sit in the freezer forever. And so we wanted to make sure that people would, would use them. And, and it's kind of an educational piece of it as well, wanting to help people understand what lamb is and, and how to handle all these different cuts. Do you find that people need help in the cooking process? Yeah, a little or, bit, a little bit. Yeah. Um, usually it doesn't take too long, but it's just, there's uncertainty. You know, people know how to cook a hamburger, but how do you cook a lamb burger? Well, just, um, you know, be nice to it. <laughs> don't, don't burn it. So yeah. Got it. Excellent. It's a leaner meat. Thanks, Lauren. Thanks for listening to our In Her Boots podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Kiverest, with the Moses In Her Boots Project. This episode's audio engineer was Liam Kiverest of TechSocket.net. The podcast was brought to you by the Midwest Organic and Sustainable Education Service, Moses. The mission of Moses is to educate, inspire, and empower farmers to thrive in a sustainable organic system of agriculture. For more information on Moses, In Her Boots, and a bounty of organic resources, check out mosesorganic.org.